It seems she has low self-esteem. What? Well, that really stinks, Daria! Easy, Jake. Focus. We tell you over and over again that you're wonderful, and you just don't get it. What's wrong with you? Is she gonna have, like, a breakdown or something? Because that could really mess me up with my new friends. Don't worry. I don't have low self-esteem. It's a mistake. I'll say. I have low esteem for everyone else. is here. Hi, everybody. Um, that one made more sense than usual. I'm really proud of you. Yeah, I know, right? They're, 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 usu- they're usually, uh, I usually come in pretty hot, bit-wise. Um, <laughs> That's a strong word. Eh, fair. Um, hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to I Think You'd Be Into It, the podcast about your faves. Uh, I'm your host, Brandon Beck. I'm your other host, Beth Scorzato. And joining us today is a longtime friend of the show. Uh, you know her from her songwriting work. You know her from... Uh, at Midnight Social, from um, Mad Magazine. Um, I know her from being my old podcast boss <laughs> on Everything's Coming Up Simpsons. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Allie Gertz, welcome to the show. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Uh, I've wanted to get you on the show basically since we started, um, because you were the you were the first person to hire me to do podcast things. Oh, that's, that's actually crazy because you're so um, innate at all of the skills that are required to both be behind the scenes and then also like on air. So I'm I'm surprised but flattered. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, a couple years ago, I I, I answered a, a Craigslist ad uh, <laughs> because everything's coming up. Simpsons was looking for an intern, and uh, that's how I got hooked up with uh, you and Julia. Um, God, that was such a fun show Aww, to work on. Thanks. Yeah, it was really fun working on it together um, through all of its many. Um, changes and iterations and just kind of yeah it's it's you know it's been around for longer than uh i would have ever guessed and is coming to a close probably what four years now i think more i i think it's been a long time because i think there were um several months before if not a year before you came on um yeah i think it was about i think it was about six months i think maybe 15 20 episodes yeah um but yeah we're coming to a close soon um to our new version of the show um which is now called round springfield which is a limited series um containing 25 episodes where we only talk to people who have worked on the simpsons about their other works so it's kind of like um wtf but only about the simpsons people um (laughs) yeah that's uh that's so good um so yeah so before we get into uh daria let's talk about uh something we're into this week does anybody have something they'd like to start with? don't you have that stupid documentary that you asked me if you had already done it or not (laughs) you're right i do um so the thing i'm into this week is uh there's a new documentary that just dropped on hbo max called class action park which is about this theme park in New Jersey called Action Park oh, yeah. that was it's so good dude um it it was this theme park in Jersey for like maybe 20 30 years in 70s 80s and 90s that was basically just like 
all the most dangerous things you could possibly do in a theme park and water park uh, put together with like no very little safety uh, regulations and requirements. Um, the 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 joke was that it was called class action park or traction park because like you would go there and get hurt and it would be like a badge of honor. Um, but it's I, I've been fascinated by this place for years and there was uh, a short documentary on YouTube a couple years ago by the same people that made the feature length one about action park that was fantastic and was a really good uh, introduction to that world. Um, but yeah, if you want to watch a documentary that will at, at many points make you go like why did no one step in and stop this like, <laughs> it's basically if like magic mountain was run by a bunch of uh like 14 year olds at one point there is a there is a shot of what i believe to be a 12 year old drinking beer and <laughs> yeah it's wild it rules but is also like oh my god why did no one st- step in here because it's beautiful entertainment <laughs> because it's jersey <laughs> <laughs> that too i'm trying to think of i've been working a lot this week so i really haven't had time to be in too much uh is my problem um oh, i'm into this cat he really wants me to pet him can i just be into our cat again this week oh <gasps> yeah Gil- oh, our cat is named his name is gil Faison. charmed him her <laughs> i love it he's a very good boy I love good boys. Yeah, he's very oh, yeah. good. He's They're hard to come oh. by. <laughs> oh, look at the boy. Sorry, I don't know. I'm I'm fucking losing it here. I can't think of anything I'm into. <laughs> this is bad. Oh no. I I I think it's I think it's it's the fact that it, it it looks like Fury Road out there today, and we've all got like smoke inhalation. Um, Madness. Yeah the the West Coast is on fire as we're recording this episode. And uh, it's wild and scary. <laughs> Actually, I mean, I could tell you, I did watch season two of Trinkets, um, which is, I think, the final season. Um, it's a series on Netflix. It's a young adult series on Netflix. It's based on a book. Um, season one came out last year. It's a really good series. I think it's, an, an, uh, uh, as, like, coming-of-age tales go, it's it's interesting. It's through the perspective of these three girls who meet at, like, Shoplifters Anonymous. And, um... I mean, it's definitely, like, dramatic, but I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I think it's well done. Season two just came out on on Netflix. There you go. I watched that while I was working. <laughs> nice. That was it. Uh, so so it's 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 uh, a narrative show? It's or... a show on Netflix. Okay. It, for, for, I, I don't, <laughs> Based for some reason, on I thought a book. it might have been a documentary. No. It's not <laughs> wow. a documentary. Yeah, I... It's a young adult book. Duh. <laughs> just pretend I didn't say anything okay. just now. <laughs> Allie, do you have anything you're into this week? Yeah, uh, I just finished watching I May Destroy You, uh, which is oh, I've heard really, that's really good. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, uh, disclaimer that, of course, uh, the subject matter is quite dark and could be triggering for a lot of viewers, even if you yourself have not gone through uh, any type of um, assault, uh, which is the uh, kind of uh, – kind of the topic of the show, but it's really amazing. Uh, it's really, I, I find it really cathartic and funny and interesting. And I just think that it really um, does stuff that I've never seen a show do. And I i really can't recommend it enough. And that is on HBO Max. Oh, so that's, I thought that was, that's not Charlie Kaufman's thing? No. No, the, that's, um, you mean his newest movie? Yeah. That movie is called, um, I think, what what is that one called? It's called, um, 
gosh. Oh, I'm thinking of ending things yes, or something yes, like yes, that? Yes. So this one is Michaela Cole. Um, if you haven't seen the show uh, Chewing Gum, uh, which is phenomenal, um, I really recommend that as well. Although Chewing Gum is genuinely a comedy, whereas this one is much more of a drama that has some witty, clever um, – poignant, funny observations. Um, but if you like Fleabag and if you like shows that are able to center on really dynamic characters, um, I think this will just blow you away. It's really amazing. I may destroy you. Nice. That sounds really, really good. It's on my list. <laughs> Speaking of other uh, witty and fantastic and amazing characters, let's talk about Daria, shall we? Let's do it. Um, so Daria was a spinoff of Beavis and Butthead yep. that debuted on. Which is insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and and the fact that I, I read some uh, interviews with Mike Judge, because I, I, I was under the impression that he didn't have anything to do with Daria, really. But I, I saw a tidbit that was like, he didn't come up with the character. Basically, someone at MTV was like, can we give them someone to like bounce off of they wanted a foil they wanted a smart female foil yeah. <laughs> who like didn't necessarily like them but like tolerated them and thus daria was born i love it all all teen boys should just be tolerated <laughs> <laughs> that's very that's very true especially beavis and butthead so uh, elgertz uh what is it about the character and the world of daria that that speaks to you I think Daria really, especially at the time that it came out and even when it was re-airing on, I think, MTV um, and yeah. maybe, yeah. Okay, so. It was on MTV too. We're actually, we're coming full circle with this series here. We started with Clone High, which was also an MTV animated show around the same time. MTV was <laughs> nailing it. Um they really were. But yeah, so, you know, when the show initially came out, I was, uh, you know, in uh, 97, I was six years old and I definitely didn't come across it until I was more of an age that I would have appreciated it anyway. So for me, I would watch the show um, coupled with Degrassi. And so, like, I was very much uh, digesting the show um, in a very teenage space as a preteen myself. I was probably like, 13 or something when I was really into Daria. Um, and I still am, just to be clear. Yeah. Um, sure. So what I really thought was so great is, you know, you are watching shows um, that are on in the 2000s. Um, and you see that this is kind of the rise of Paris Hilton and like the Kardashians. And obviously the show came out before that, but there had been um, this idea of kind of a mainstream type of girl um, and kind of how a girl should be and just how a person should be. And that person is very agreeable and affable and super um, cool. Uh, and, you know, aside from characters played by like Winona Ryder, like there weren't um, an abundance of these really interesting, smart characters. And the idea of having a character whose worth was based not on her appearance, although I think she looks awesome speaking as someone who looks a lot like her um sure uh but you know the the idea that she was able to completely uh use her intelligence um to to really re relate to the listeners i think does so much because what the show gets right is that you know she's this really smart 
funny character, um, but she's not really well liked. And I think that that's what is sometimes missing um, in shows that have these kind of, uh, you know, uh, people on the spectrum or people who are just super neurotic. Um, They make them like super fuckable and like everybody wants them, you know, like what Woody Allen would do to his characters was good for him. But like, uh, you know, you sometimes get a character who is it just doesn't really make sense to me. Well, especially in the context of this late 90s thing, it's like it's the difference between Daria felt a lot more real than Lainey Boggs. Like yeah. she's all that was also a character, you know, like that's that's the kind of what you're talking about. Those are the kind of girls we were being shown at that time. Like, totally. oh, these girls that like, oh, you know what? They might be weird, but it's OK because we're going to take their glasses off and give them a makeover and they're <laughs> going to be popular and hot and cool because that's what we should all be aspiring to. Yeah. And Daria was like, no, fuck that. You're all exhausting. I'm done. Like, and I, oh, I love that. Yeah, totally. Speaks to my soul. (laughs) And she's just, um, I really like that she's very flawed in my opinion as well because she's, um, she's really self-righteous and she could come across as arrogant and like she, you know, as she should, she has this idea that she's better than everybody. And I think when you're in high school or even in college, there really doesn't have to be an age limit on it, but like the movies uh, that are focused around characters like Rob and High Fidelity, where you think that you're better than everybody else, you have this elite uh, quality about you. I think it's so relatable because you are being told in your daily life that you're not even as good as other people based on what the media wants you to be. And then you get a little sense of just like, actually, I'm better. <laughs> and there's something really, um, fun about that uh and i think you kind of buy into that and then as you get a little older or just more mature or whatever like you could kind of see like actually she's sometimes being an asshole to people that maybe don't deserve it and like maybe quinn actually is a character i love much more now that i'm older because i no longer see her as the threat and actually maybe Brittany is still pretty stupid but she does have a big heart and you know you get to kind of understand all the layers that were always there yeah but that maybe i was too young or too um laser focused to really understand at the time oh yeah yeah the writers of this show really do get the like teen voice correct in a way it's it's a difficult needle to thread but i think the writers of the show did really well of making the teens feel believable to the teens but you're right when you're an adult you realize that it's also pointing out kind of all of that angst and hypocrisy of being a teenager and and how we interact with the world That, that you just simply can't see when you're when you're in the the throes of teenagerdom and, and I think that's partly what gives the show its legs is because, like, you can easily identify with it at multiple stages of your life. Yeah. And, you know, um, to look at something else around that time, like Reality Bites, um, I already mentioned Winona Ryder, but, like, um, to have that movie and then say, you know, we really want to make a show that's more like the Janine Garofalo character, that's, that seems kind of risky because she's a little unlikable. Um, to to the masses and I think it just shows like no there are more of us who identify with her than than the you know the heroes of the movie um, and another thing I really like about Daria uh, especially looking at just adult animation in general just kind of what animation has done it's really incredible how far animation has um, 
entered the mainstream and people are finally starting to see it as just a medium rather than um, a genre. But finally, (laughs) but uh, something that I think is really good about it is that it has that kind of freaks and geeks quality too, even though this is before it, but it's not always laugh out loud funny and it has its pauses and it takes its time I think and it really just allows you to live with the character rather than needing a joke per minute which I find really comforting and just really satisfying it was it was billed you know as as a spinoff it was billed as like a comedy especially because you know tv loves to bill things as a drama or a comedy but it's really a lot more slice of life it feels a lot closer to like the comics that were coming out, the like independent, like indie comics that were kind of coming out at that time than other TV you would see from that time. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. It also has a bit of a, it also has a bit of a vibe of, to bring it back to another uh, Mike Judge thing, it, it reminds me of King of the Hill a little bit in that it's, even though it's animated, it's not particularly cartoony. You know, it's, it's all, it's all very grounded and very kind of like quiet. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, King of the Hill is, is is obviously like way a lot more like jokey jokey, but yeah. well, it was also airing on Fox, wasn't it? True, yeah. So it just kind of had a different audience, which it, and I mean, speaking of like we said when we were like, oh, MTV was killing it at that time. I mean, in a way, it's it's cool because they were able to take risks and like do kind of more non mainstream things with this animation platform they had there in the late 90s and early 2000s that was really cool you wouldn't get daria on fox you just, it just wouldn't work no and there was a really interesting dichotomy at that time with mtv in general because you had you know that was the height of like trl and like mtv spring break and all of these very like kind of the things that daria is against um, but at the same time, there was also room on that network for Daria and for Syphil and Ollie and for these very, uh, like sort of countercultural things. Um, and it's, 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 I don't know if I've ever seen a network live two different lives at the same time, <laughs> uh, that in the way that MTV was, uh, for a few years there. Yeah. Yeah. I never watched Beavis and Butthead. Actually, like, a. What was it, like, a week or two ago? I was like, wait a minute, are Beavis and Butthead not adults? (laughs) Yeah. And you were like, no, they're teenage boys. I was like, I don't know. I never watched it. That's really funny. Yeah, that, that... The the uh, over the course of doing this animation block, we I've learned some of the uh, Beth wasn't didn't really watch a lot of uh, TV growing up, and I've I've learned some things that that she's miss just sort of misheard over the years that throughout this animation block that have always been hilarious like that or or like when you thought that Mr. Slate was uh, Wilma's dad. Look, man, on the Flintstones. <laughs> I don't I don't know I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's not that important for it hasn't it hasn't come up in my life that much very often so I think I got away with it. Just wait, just uh, wait. Well, it's different when you know you make it a challenge. <laughs> God. Fair. I have to live with him. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Aren't you lucky? When you brought up about people with Rob and high fidelity, I think that um, especially I think Daria falls into the same category of I had actually just been talking about. Uh, high fidelity with someone the other day about how uh, that I said people uh, dudes who get the wrong message out of Fight Club are the same dudes that get the wrong message out of High Fidelity, and <laughs> and I think that that Daria can in that way that we were talking about how like 
you get something so different out of it when you're like 13, 14, 15 than you do as an adult. I think it is one of those things, too, that a lot of times within the larger pop culture gets reduced to the wrong message. Yeah. People are always like, Daria is about being sarcastic and shitty to the world. And it's it's not <laughs> like that is how she interacts with the world. But that's not the message of the the show. The message of the show has so much more heart than that. And and it's it's really I don't know. It's just well done how it's disguised. <laughs> yeah, I, I really agree. And um, in fact, one of the things that I really like about the show um, is how emotional it can be. And, you know, at the start, you don't really get that as much as you do as the series progresses. But there's an episode. Um, it might be the finale, actually. I um, Correct me if I'm wrong. But um, Daria is sitting in a box uh, and it reminds her of her childhood. And you, when you get to see kid Daria and kind of how she became this person, it makes me cry. Like it is a really – it almost has like a Wonder Years type level of emotion and, and how much depth there is to the characters. Um, but one thing I really love too is um, it's not a show that uh, – hates women and that sounds obvious because it stars a woman but usually that wouldn't I... necessarily be obvious yeah. <laughs> there are many shows that star women that also clearly hate women yeah and mm -hmm. you know so daria when you have a, a a person like daria it's easy to think that she would be a quote i'm not like other girls girl but jane is her best friend and the two of them have each other in this really remarkable friendship that you know they just happen to be women and they happen to have the struggles that come along with it but it's you know you get to see characters like jody uh and um you know you get to have these uh, fellow smart women uh, or girls i guess at the time but like you know you you get to you get to see a lot of different types of people and even though the show has a lot of stereotypes when it comes to, you know, the high school jock, the cheerleader, you still get to see the ups and downs of all of them in such a smart way. You do. And it's interesting, too, because they also give those characters that could run the risk of being one dimensional. They like literally give them inner lives that we get to see occasionally. Like, I was just rewatching it from the beginning, and even, like, very early on in episode three, like, they, they're all doing this, like, college class, and you get to see, like, inside all the kids' heads about what they imagine their college experience is going to be. And it includes, you know, the the foils. and, and But, like, everybody gets to be a real character. Nobody is there just to be, like, a one-dimensional plot point. Yeah, absolutely. One episode that really comes to mind that I want to talk about, if that's okay, is... Please. Oh, absolutely. There's an episode, and I forget the name of this boy that Jane is dating, but there's an episode where Jane starts dating a guy who's really obsessed with, um, like, rockabilly clothes and, like, the rockabilly lifestyle. And Jane, in an attempt to kind of connect with him, also starts wearing those outfits and, and dressing that that way and daria is having to watch her friend kind of morph into someone that she's not and it causes a rift between them because jane just wants to be able to do her own thing whether that means you know following her boyfriend's lead or just whatever that looks like and i have never seen that in a show before and i can think of very i mean personally i can't think of a time i've seen it since this real thing that i feel is more specific to women but I 
I only speak as a woman, so for all I know, it happens to everybody. But I have seen many of my friends and myself at times, especially when you're dealing with low self-esteem and you're in high school or college or whatever, you start to kind of lose your personality to people that you're dating. And to have Daria there for Jane and to call her out on it, uh, but to still be understanding of her in that episode – um, I, I just thought was so powerful and so cool. And of course, at the end of it, Jane realizes like, you know what, like that guy's not for me. I'd rather just be myself. But it was, it was just such a smart take on, on that reality that people often lose themselves to a relationship. I just thought it was so cool for a cartoon. Yeah. Especially, especially in your teenage years, like people are really susceptible to that I, I think that the thing that's most interesting about about Daria is there's so much nuance to it and because she's a character that can very much be seen as this sort of just like you know as just dry and that's it but like there's so there's so many levels going on on our Simpsons podcast we spoke to someone who uh, was a writer on Daria and basically we were talking to her about coming up with the character of Trent And she was saying, she was talking to the creator of the show and saying, like, you know, here's this guy, um, let me know what you think. And the creator uh, was saying, more or less, like, I do not understand why you think anyone as smart as Daria would ever fall for this guy. He's not, you know, he's lazy. He doesn't, you know, seem to care about her. He just seems like a burnout like what are you thinking having this character and then you know because at the time it was just written down he's reading the pitch and then sure she says okay are you by your fax machine and he says yes and then they fax him a picture of what trent will look like and then he's just like okay i get it (laughs) 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 and i uh i'll double check my sources on who said what but when she told us that story it it truly cracked me that's up. That's so funny. But, I mean, that's even another one that's, like, it's a really iconic, common thing of, you know, when you're, like, 16 and you develop your first, like, real crushes. It kind of sometimes is on your friend's older brothers. You you crush on the people that are around. Of like, course. That's a very relatable experience for, <laughs> for teenagers. Yeah. yeah. The people that are around and the people that are different. Yeah. And, you know, in a lot of ways, Trent represents um, something that would be appealing to someone like Daria, someone who seems to not really care. The things that are attractive when you're a teenager, which are like rebelling and, you know, standing up against the man and stuff. Um, you know, those things are still cool. You could, you know, I'm a Bernie bro. So like, I, I think that's cool, but you have to be actually working. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, um, being a burnout is, is so unattractive in my opinion when you get older but when you're a teenager it's the coolest shit in the world yeah you're just like oh you're a rebel you're in you're a college age kid and you're a rebel and like that's so cool i want to tell my mom fuck you too like (laughs) oh yeah like 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 high school me would have been in love with daria and it's it's for this the same reason of like oh that's that's a person who's like Oh, that's a sarcastic, cool, smart person who like is better than all of this. <laughs> that's appealing. <laughs> yeah. Though speaking of uh, you know, like fuck you, mom, I, I think that uh Jane's family as well 
speaking of like characters that are fleshed out, I think that could have been easily as as the foil to Daria, they could have easily just been caricatures, but they're not. Her mom and her dad are a little over the top, but like at their core, it all like clearly comes from a place of love for for both her and for Quinn. They don't understand Daria at all, but but like they do very earnestly love her and that is nice. That's nice to see. I feel like a lot of cartoon shows and and I think that is indicative of things that spin out of Mike um Mike Judge's work, you know, I think King of the Hill as well is one that boils down to like a family that truly loves each other. Um in a way that I think is really great compared to like I don't know, like I feel like you look at things like Family Guy and they're like, uh, it's not the core tenant of the family. The core tenant of the family is jokes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> and, and it's same with same with Bob's Burgers too. Like the like like what makes that show so endearing is the fact that like the everyone in that family thinks all the other family members are just completely bonkers but they love them anyway and will you know do their best to to help them and, and it's it's the sense of compassion that's that's really that, that i think a lot more shows have now than we did back in the you know ironic extreme mtv 90s yeah to speak a little bit about jane's parents um i really think that the people who worked on this show just really get people and that's really what made the show so good because you know I think a lesser writer as you were saying Beth like someone looks at Jane and you you're tasked with the idea of fleshing out like okay well who are her parents like I think a very easy option would be someone who looks kind of like Jane so it's kind of like an Adams family type family where it's just kind of like okay so the parents are just older versions of her they also are punk rock (laughs) and um or they're super super strict and that's why she's rebelling and so that to me are the two obvious options but instead like you get Amanda is the mom and she's she's kind of like a chilled mellow like almost like a hippie like she and oftentimes she actually was a little bit neglectful just in that she didn't you know show up more and um uh you know i think at one point jane described the parenting as like benign neglect so it's not actually neglect in that like they still get to eat and stuff but like you know they just don't really care and yeah. i think that is exact and then you know the dad is also like this photographer like very like you know, like they're their own people. You could imagine them as high schoolers and you could see how they got to like a burnout son and then a daughter who doesn't really, um, you know, who's Jane? <laughs> Misanthrope daughter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have to say Daria's parents are truly a source of comedy on the show for me. They're, oh, yeah, they're their great. back and forth is so good. And that whole family dynamic is just so good because – that's so often the case that the uh, daughter who's like Daria, of course, has this really bubbly princessy sister who's popular. Like, it makes so much sense. And just from a writing perspective, it, of course, is like the best way to set up who Daria is and who she isn't. But the dad is just so aloof and funny in the best way, where he also, like, just doesn't know how to be a dad to daughters <laughs> like it's yeah, very clear sure <laughs> and his, his primary state of affairs is confused yeah yeah but like i'm saying like he doesn't know 
he doesn't know what he's doing and he overreacts no and he's so weird but like he clearly does love them he does want to help he's just real bad at it <laughs> very bad at it and but mom has her shit together <laughs> and the mom i think um that's also a really cool dynamic that i guess you were seeing more and more of in the 90s of of just a you know a very much a working business class woman like someone who really prioritizes their own needs and and has you know fairly high expectations for her kids like nothing crazy but just kind of like wants them to fit in and wants them to fly right and to kind of handle their problems on their own it makes sense and it you know another thing i i think i would be remiss to not mention is a connection that kind of exists between lisa simpson and daria just because they're both um, such important characters that came out of the 90s for for girls especially um sure lisa of course is incredibly earnest could not be more um full of care whereas daria um she does care it just it just doesn't you know it registers differently and i do wonder um do lisa simpson's often grow up to be daria's um Hmm. And uh, and or are they just uh, the types of people who would be friends, you know? Uh, I feel like a Lisa will either turn into a Daria or a Leslie Nope. <laughs> yes, I definitely have the hope that she is more like a Jody, really. Um, oh, fair, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Leslie, Leslie is a perfect uh, example of, of who at least we would hope that person becomes. Because to me, one of the saddest things that could happen to a character and a person is to have their um, their enthusiasm kind of be uh, taken out or, or dimmed. Like it, that to me has always been like the saddest thing, which is funny because Daria is one of my favorite people and I love her so much. Well, you know, it, it seems like... like- like the, I think the thing about Daria is it seems like she does really kind of deeply care, um, but it just manifests in this very sort of like ironic, like I'm going to be detached, but like sardonic. Yeah. Sardo- yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, if uh, like if it was rebooted and I know that there are talks about like different versions of Daria that might come out and how they might spin it. My fear is that they would make it very one note. And um, in my opinion, that's, you know, uh, like I I have to be more um, polite on The Simpsons podcast when we talk about The Simpsons. Sure. But like I haven't made it a huge mystery that I prefer the golden age of The Simpsons. Um, And part of it is that I just never liked jerk-ass Homer. Like when when he became – he lost some dimension in my opinion. He he really was a – a, a loving father who was trying his best with the limited tools that he was given at birth. Um, and he wasn't bright. And, you know, uh, he had some residual, like, uh, male toxicity and issues that are normal for guys of that generation. Um, but he loved his kids and he he really tried and he was funny and happy. And then he became just such an asshole. Like truly I would not yeah. want to be around. Like Peter Griffin. Like, you know. Yeah. But at least Peter Griffin knew what he was. <laughs> I mean, when I was making that joke earlier, I was going to be like, and also the Simpsons, but I was like, I'm not going to get into that because I don't know the whole history of it. But the more <laughs> recent seasons, for sure, he just, Homer seems more like, it seems more dysfunctional as opposed to the early stuff I have watched with Brandon, right. where I'm just like, sim- I mean, similarly how I say like in Bob's Burgers, I think one of the m- most 
true things is that thing of being like, uh, I hate you all so much. Like, <laughs> like you're all terrible people. I love you so much, but you're terrible people. Exactly. And like, similarly, the, the similar one I can think of is in, um, the itchy and scratchy land episode with with homer where he's like no one kills the boy no one ruins our vacation but except me and maybe the boy (laughs) exactly right like you can hold both my point is like you can hold both in really good dynamics that you see in families like you can hold both emotions i i I, it's not one dimensional you can love someone so much and be like i love you so much and i want to fucking kill you right now exactly right and yeah so with daria my fear is that you know, had the show gone way too long or if it comes back with different people at the helm, I could totally see them kind of like you said, Beth, like only seeing her as sarcastic or like only seeing yeah. her as this like I hate everybody. Like you could see it being a caricature. And listen, like if that's the reason you like her, that's great. I like her because she's so human and she's 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 you know, to be smart, you really have to actually be smart, not just yeah. like, you know, to me, intelligence means being able to see why people um, like the popular kids. And she gets that. She understands the um, the way that the systems work. And I love that. I think the show also really benefits from the fact that it was allowed to progress chronologically. Yeah. Uh, you know, it wasn't forced into that cartoon model of just every season. Nobody ever ages. Everything is always just continuing to happen over and over and over again, like The Simpsons, like Bob Burgers, uh, you know, but she's allowed to age and it literally ends with her graduating and getting ready to go to school. She it, It's treated much more like a regular drama, a regular teen show would be. And so she's allowed to grow and change and and have all of that nuance because you don't have to keep these characters trapped as 15 forever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Another thing that I think is so cool about Daria that if you haven't watched the show in a while, you probably don't remember the specifics of the episodes, but um, it covers some really heavy subjects, including um, uh, bulimia, which really blew my mind as a kid. Like, there's a episode um, where either Jane, uh, yeah, I think it, so because Jane's the artist. So Jane um, is in this uh, contest, I guess, and she ends up help, getting Darius help um, coming up with like a piece of art, and it has body dysmorphia involved, and and is just it's it tackles something that was especially I think at the time quite prevalent, um, and it it just shows you like. You know they're able to to make things like that. Um, they're able to take the time to do something, even if it's not going to be funny. You know they're willing to do something just because this is school. This is what it is. It was a secret after school special. <laughs> I I literally just watched that episode before uh, we recorded, oh, and and you're right. The 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 nuance of it is is fascinating. That it, it takes it takes the time to really like to really say what it wants to say, but then also gets into the sort of like gray areas of it. Like when they're, when like the school wants to change this poem on the poster to make it not be an eating disorder thing. And then like, so that, so it just becomes like this tug of war between like the artistic statement that they're trying to make and, but also not wanting to be like taken advantage of by, you know, a system that's sort of pushing the two girls into doing something that they kind of didn't want to do for, from the start it's it's so so interesting and so well written yeah absolutely um one other moment i just want to talk about it's not anything crazy but it's just one that i 
think about is just there's an episode where Quinn uh, – does well in school and suddenly she becomes the brains and it like really hurts her reputation that she ended up getting this good grade even though you know she her writing isn't great and Daria of course wants to be a writer so it like really pains her that her sister is doing well when she wasn't even trying to do well and at the end like Quinn is desperate to find a way back into her kind of more vapid lifestyle because she's sick of her friends thinking she's too smart because as we've seen being smart hurts your popularity so it's basically flowers for Algernon with Quinn <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so uh, at the end, Daria, um, like, she, God, what is it? Oh, here's what it is. Sorry, it's been a while since I've seen it. But Quinn, uh, like, kind of gets back into this uh, lifestyle and, like, does she she doesn't think she'll be able to leave the house or go on dates or anything. And so Daria actually ends up paying the boys that are in love with her to like show up at the house and Daria like does this complete makeover where she looks like Quinn and she takes off her glasses and like wears lipstick and eyeliner and like has her stomach show and her her like legs and the bell bottoms it was so I don't know if you guys remember this transformation of Daria but it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen in my life because I had always thought like She's just this girl who looks like that. But to be reminded that it's a choice that Daria makes to actively not look like a hot popular girl and that she could at any time be what we think is popular, like you said, like taking off the glasses and suddenly she's a hot girl. Yeah. It was actually really crazy to be reminded like, oh, yeah, no, she could do that. She just chooses not to. And, of course, it resets the whole episode and the dynamics and everything's fine. But it was really – cool to see that trope of like girl takes off her glasses and now she's hot to have her then put them back on it was yeah. it was really powerful in a way that was very simple and easy for me at like 13 or 14 to completely latch onto and to be like yes this is exactly right like it is so cool because that is a fantasy at least that's the fantasy I've had of just like you know I I'll show up and then everyone will see that I could be this and it's just nice to know that like she chooses to be herself yeah yeah that like that that like she chooses to put she chooses to put on the armor of daria you know as as like it, it's it's cool to see someone specifically making that choice yes for sure uh when we were talking about the posters and 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 the teachers forcing them kind of do a thing that that did remind me though of of all the characters in this show the teachers are kind of caricatures but in like the most beautiful way. Yeah. Yeah. They feel like the most Beavis and Butthead holdover. They're just all such a perfect encapsulation of, like, that one kind of teacher. Like, they're all one specific thing, but it's so well done. <laughs> because it is so much how we see our teachers, too. I'm, all of our teachers are multifaceted, full human beings, and we only remember that one weird fucking thing they did. You know? <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, If you had to pick... Uh, say a couple episodes uh if somebody wanted to dip their toes into the uh waters of daria uh where would you su suggest they start if you had any like favorite episodes or i'm a completist i always think that you should start at season one episode one especially with daria i think it's a really good pilot um but uh you know the the show could really start at any time let me see 
Um, I, but I, I did look it up, by the way, and that episode I was talking about where Daria's in the box is the finale, and I just think it's such an amazing episode, but I would say it won't be worth it unless you've earned it. Yeah, that'd be like watching the MASH finale first. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I know that there's a musical episode, which is very fun. Oh, that's also very early 2000s. <laughs> um, I don't know. They're all good. They're all on Hulu, y'all. So, like... I've just, like I said, I just started from when I was prepping for this. Brandon was watching like certain specific ones. I was like, I'm just, I'm like you. I'm like, I just started back from the beginning. It's fine. That's, that's what I do. <laughs> I mean, over quarantine, I have watched all of Breaking Bad for my first time. All of The Sopranos for my first time. Um, oh, wow. I've watched like, I've, oh, wait, I've also watched eight seasons of Survivor. Like I'm, I'm watching, a, I'm watching a lot of TV um, so <laughs> it's fine. I just, I recently just finished watching like nine, the nine available seasons of Law and Order. So oh my it's God, fine. That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I think that TV is the best thing that humans have done aside from medicine. And you know what? Like <laughs> I feel bad cause I've always wished for more time to watch TV and this is not what I meant. Like, I did not mean this. <laughs> yeah, this is not what any of us meant. <laughs> but, you know. Rod Serling. <laughs> exactly. Th this wasn't what she meant on The Twilight Zone. But, but yeah, for those of you who would be interested in going out and looking at it, it is all on uh, Daria's in entirety uh, on Hulu, available for, you know, free. <laughs> Are the movies on there, too? Because they did, they did a couple, like, TV movies after the show wrapped up, right? Is it fall yet and is it college yet? Is it college yet is technically the finale. Yeah. Oh, okay. And is it fall yet takes place between season six and seven. The season one finale is really great. It's called The Misery Chick. And it's kind of, a, I, I guess if you're only going to watch a few episodes, it's not a bad place to start because it, it, it kind of explores why Daria has this personality. Like it kind of is like, going into her approach on life and um it's it's this thing um if i remember it correctly someone actually dies um and at school like someone dies like in a in a drunk driving accident or something like that and um oh actually i think it's a foot i think it's like a goalpost falls on him or something something cartoony but basically the school is super depressed and uh knowing that daria comes across as depressive, they all confide in her, thinking like, now I know how you feel. Like, wow, you must feel like this all the time. And it's it, it kind of makes her question, like, who am I that everyone thinks that, like, I'm just this misery chick, you know? Like, I don't want to be that. And um, you get to kind of see how Jane also deals with her grief. And I think the way she handles it is usually, like, taking it out into her art. And then, I don't know, I, I just think it's a really good way of doing it. But another episode I love, which is just kind of just a just an episode. It's not super dramatic, uh, although there there is some fun drama. There's one where um, I don't know the title, but Daria dyes Jane's hair, and it ends up being really horrible and messed up. Um, and I guess this is a spoiler, so if you haven't watched the show, don't listen, don't listen to this. But Daria ends up kissing Jane's boyfriend, and it ends up being like a super like romantic entanglement uh and it, i just think it it's a really classic episode that's the most like high schooly like like traditional like high school show plot line i feel like we've come across in that show and of course it being daria it seems like it's it's completely subverted yeah totally 
Um, something cool that I don't – tell me if other shows do this and I just am not thinking of it. Um, I love all the little kind of in-between moments of Daria that also used to exist on shows like That 70s Show where it's just like these little interstitial moments where you get to see – Daria and the gang during the credits and all the different outfits. Um, I love when shows have that. No, other shows don't really do that anymore. They It was very much a late 90s thing. Yeah, I love that. To have those little like interstitials in, in the scene changes or uh, at the end, but it's definitely not. Tuka and Birdie sort of did that. Okay, I didn't really watch that. Oh, cool. I haven't seen it yet. A lot of their transitions, like, between scenes, where it would just generally be, like, an establishing shot of, like, someone walking down the street or in a car, are all done in these very heightened, stylistic ways uh, that really, like, really push the fact that you're watching a cartoon, um, and also the fact that Lisa Hannawalt is a genius. <laughs> Absolutely. One thing we, uh, I mean, since it has recently been announced, we should we should talk about a little. Are you uh, interested in the new Jody spinoff they're doing? Yeah, I when I heard that it so is it official that it's Jody? Yes, that's great. I I'm excited about that. I had heard um, lots of different versions of what it could be. It was originally announced as Jody and Daria, but then they later said it was just going to be a Jody show about her, like in her 30s, in the age she would be. So it's really it's a weird choice if you know the show. Yeah, I was a little surprised, but yeah, Jody is a really minimal character on the show, but at the same time. Daria was an extremely minimal character on Beavis and Butthead, and look what they did with it. So, you know, I, I I would understand if there are arguments that are just kind of like, why can't you create a new character? Because um, right now, like, we're we as as the consumers are really looking for more black female characters, and, and you know, wanting to not get quite so much like white straight characters and stuff and it seems like a perfect time um to to be creating these people um especially if there are black creators at the helm so it feels a little strange um but as long as the cast is um black and the writers are black then that sounds awesome to me otherwise it feels a little um uh what's the word it would feel a little weird if it's all i don't know who's making it is it all white people i don't know oh i do have a uh correction to what i said though it's not about her i thought it was about her in her 20s but it is not it's about her in so this is going to be interesting though because it's it's going to be her in her first post-college job but as if she just graduated college now like we're just ignoring when they went to college because the uh, June 18th update it has finally found a home on Comedy Central. The logline for the show is what Daria did for showing how inane high school was for Gen X, Jody will do for exploring the trials and tribulations of a first job for a new generation. The series will satirize workplace culture, Gen Z struggles, the artifice of social media, and more. With themes of empowerment along gender and racial lines, exploration of privilege, and a wicked sense of humor, Jody will shine a light on the personal and professional issues of young black women in the workplace today. All right. So that is that is what they said. So I guess they're just taking it as if Jody has just graduated college. But it's also supposed to be the first of multiple Daria spin-offs that they have supposedly huh. purchased. So In- interesting. Hmm. Well, I know that um I know that that a lot of what made Daria good um it, you know 
how can we possibly know how much of it was lightning in a bottle and the right time? You know, I look I look at the quotes of Daria and I they could truly be written by Gen Z people today. Um, but how can I say that? Because who knows who we would all be and the younger generation would be if not for Daria. Like you look at these quotes um, and they seem straight out of BuzzFeed because they're talking about pizza and ignoring people and thinking people are dumb and loving cats and like all these really funny poignant things that have now become somewhat um, so popular that they're kind of tropes or they're a meme. So I'm very curious to see how it's able to take something that perfected what it was doing and um, kind of find uh, a new voice for it. You know, I Jody is, of course, completely polar opposite from Daria in terms of personality traits. And so it's an interesting place to start this series of um, reboots. But um, I'm looking and seeing that the some of the people that are working on it, I think uh, either writers or co-producers, Grace Edwards. Um, yeah, she was on Insecure. She's serving as head writer, I think. Yeah, and I love the show Insecure. And um, it also says Rainbow Johnson, who uh, is an executive producer, I think, on Blackish as well. Um, but yeah, so as long to me, my only fear is basically that they're trying to like, like, here's the thing. I don't think anyone who watched Daria, unless you're a massive Daria fan, remembers Jody. I don't think people think of Jody as a character when they think of the show, um, if they haven't watched it religiously or it was their favorite. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think people, and it's not about Jody. I don't think anyone remembers any characters from Daria aside from the main, like, four people. And Jody was great when she was on, but I don't think of her as, like, a classic character. I just think she was like this really awesome friend that like helped you understand who she was whenever she was on the show. But I'm excited to get to know her more. She was she was there as a she was there basically as like a bridge between the popular kids and Daria and Jane because she was, you know, much more popular but also is one of the few people that thought Daria was funny. Like <laughs> totally. So, I guess what I would say is that I really hope that Daria does um that Jody, the character of Jody, kind of does something unique to who she is in the world because that's what Daria did. Like she, Daria was a character who really represented a lot of like you know sardonic, wry, smart people who like have these challenges that, in comparison to maybe what Jody was going through, are quite privileged pro problems. Even though Jody herself, from my memory, is. Uh, wealthy and comes from a really nice family, she, of course, is going to have totally different. Yeah, but she's still one of, like, two black kids in her high school. Exactly. And so um, I would love to see something like that. And when I heard that it was Jody, I was way more excited than when I thought it was going to be Daria being rebooted. Like, the character of Daria. Because that, to me, is just, ugh. Yeah, I still worry they're going to do that. That's, Yeah. And she is, Daria is so of her time. Like, that type of character still exists, but the, like, the 90s form of it was, so, was like, you know, you can't do anything better than Daria. In a way, that probably was lightning in a bottle. You can't redo that exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, you, you couldn't bring, you couldn't just move her 20 years into the future, but keep her the same character. It wouldn't, it wouldn't track. Look, Rocco's modern life got away with it, and no one else can. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but I mean, Rocco did it by putting in them space in space for 20, for 20 years. years. <laughs> Which is a power move. It is. And Rocco, Rocco did a really great job of um, really capturing its original essence um, and acknowledging what has changed in the world. And by choosing a topic that is very specific to to right now, like to have a character um, and to show kind of like a, a dad who's not understanding at first of of what the, his child is going through and the changes that they want to make. Like I, I thought that was really fucking cool. And if if Jody is able to actually handle like real life issues and of course they will based on who they have at the helm then i'm honestly super excited about it yeah i'm hoping it'll be good when they finally announce a date but you know nobody can be in production right now so who (laughs) fucking knows (laughs) ali gertz thank you so much for uh joining us today of course this has been a a pleasure it's been good to catch up good to hear your voice um if people wanted to find more ali gertz related content on their internet how could they do that would go to uh, twitter.com and then type in Allie Gertz. Otherwise, you could go to AllieGertz.com. Um, as I mentioned up top, I have a Simpsons podcast with my friend Julia Prescott called Around Springfield. We have about six more episodes left, I believe. And um, there's also a song called Allie Gertz by Nerf Herder. There is. That's true. <laughs> Hell yeah. It is dated, though, because they say that I'm friends with Chris Hardwick and uh, we keep trying to think of like what is a what is a good three syllable name that we could replace <laughs> because I don't that ain't right. <laughs> Jesse Thorne. That's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. Anytime I could talk about Daria or cartoons in general, I'm very happy to do it. Hell yeah! I re- I realized when when we were watching the show, if you just gave Jane like a like a a retro mod dress, that's just you and Julia. Thank you. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Brandon? Yeah, if people wanted to find more of my mess, um, I'm at Helios Brandon on all of the uh, social things. Um, my band Inkblot has some stuff on SoundCloud and some live sets on YouTube. Uh, Happy Sappy Grown-Up Hour, which I'm musical director for, uh, is the third Wednesday of every month on twitch.tv slash packtheater. Um... I think that's – oh, yeah, and I, I will um, – my, my EP's coming along, and I'll hopefully have that drop before the end of the year. So uh, nice. keep, a, keep, keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah, uh, Beth, what about you? Uh, you can find me online everywhere at bscores with an underscore after it, B-E-E-S-C-O-R-E-S with an underscore. You can find the show online at, at IntuitPod just about everywhere, um, and you can follow the hashtag IntuitPod on Instagram. Uh, thank you, as always, to Kaylin West and Tiny Stills for the use of our theme song. Starting over is a lot like giving up off the album Falling is Like Flying. Uh, also, thank you, Allie, for being the final guest of our animation summer. And uh, thanks to all our listeners who listened to our whole uh, animation block here. I do want to mention, you might have noticed in your feed, there is also a bonus episode this week about Syphil and Ollie, which is not quite animation, but we didn't feel like we could uh, leave it out. It's a great episode with Kai Pearson. Please check it out. There will be no new episode next week on Columbus Day, partially because it's a holiday, but not really because Columbus sucks, mostly just because we're taking a week off. So we'll be back in two weeks. And that's all I got. Controversial statement. Columbus sucks. (laughs) Down with Columbus. He does. 
In high school, my best friend and I used to get in trouble because we would always refer to it as Happy Murderous Pirate Day. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and it was like, it was trouble in the sense that our teachers would just like heavy sigh and be like, can we not do this right now? <laughs> that is a hella Daria line too. Love it. Uh, well, all that being said, podcast over.